Yo, what up? Welcome back to the Double Down Podcast with me, your host, Ben Basunga, where I make ridiculous sports takes, and if anyone challenges me, I double down, because that's what we do here, and I'm usually right. Welcome to the new studio. Glad for you to join us. Let's jump right into it. We start where we always start. 501c3, the largest nonprofit organization in America, the NFL, the Shield. Why? Because we support charities right here at the Double Down Podcast. Last we checked in, the Rams had won the Super Bowl, the offseason had started. Brian Flores was still suing the NFL. He still is. But miraculously, he landed a job in the NFL. Ironically enough, Flores called the only other black coach in the NFL for advice and got a job. So cleans to say that uh, there are some things still happening. I think it makes his lawsuit a little bit different if he's still working in the NFL. It's hard to sue your employer and continue to keep your job. Could you imagine that? (laughs) Show up every day and they're paying you your paycheck and a lawsuit settlement. I don't think that's sliding well for anybody. So we're going to see how this plays out. But the NFL has taken steps um, including the Rooney rule, adding that to uh, kind of and, and to apply to general managers and positions outside of head coaching. So the NFL, they're going to be just fine. You put them in their strong point. Lo- you put them in their strong point, which is the courtroom, and that's where they shine. They're over here crossing over and dunking on any lawyers who want to take them to take them out there. That's their strong point. So we're going to see how this plays out. We continue courts. Uh, Deshaun Watson still hasn't played. Last season, Deshaun Watson was a healthy scratch. What that means, as long as he showed up to practice, he collected $10 million. That's a pretty nice paycheck to not be doing anything, especially when you have 22 pending civil cases against you for harassment in different forms. Now, I can't speak to the legality of what the cases mean. They are still civil case. No criminal charges have been brought against Watson. But from the way that NFL teams are treating it, they, they seem to be, his services are still looking to be required. So the way that NFL teams are treating this, they look like they're, he's going to have some sort of availability and playability next season, and they are treating it as such. So we're going to keep an eye on this situation, see if he comes out. I don't want to go too far into the details, but there is a lot going on there, and it does make a big play in where the NFL currently stands. So we're going to keep a monitoring situation on that. But my favorite part about the NFL offseason is the meat market they call the NFL Combine. If you don't know what that is, it's where they take all the best college players in the country and they take them to the NFL meat market where you are poked and prodded and scalpula. And they, they ask all sorts of ridiculous questions in terms of how many women have you had sex with? And if your best friend had sex with your girl, how would you react? And just all sorts of ridiculous lines of questioning. They take off every, they take off your clothes, they measure every ounce of fat on you, every ounce of muscle, your running form, your jumping form, your sleeping form, your coughing form. The way you hold the fork, they want to know. They call your fourth grade teacher, they call your second grade girlfriend, they call your daycare from from the time you were three in preschool and ask how you did at your ABDs. They want to know everything about you. And these guys got billions of dollars and nothing better to spend it on. So so based off that information, of course, we're going to get ridiculous stories coming from the Combine. My personal favorite this year, I'm sure you've heard quarterback Kenny Pickett. If you don't know, Kenny Pickett is one of the best quarterbacks rated number one in this quarterback draft class. Led Pitt to an ACC championship. 
broke a bunch of pit records in terms of yards, touchdowns. The tape speaks for itself. They the guesstimates are he's going to be the number one quarterback taken off in the draft this season. Only problem with Kenny Pickett, he's got small hands. He's got BK hands. You know, like the ones that can't hold the whopper because their hands are too small. This is Kenny Pickett. Now, to put it in perspective, I have about an eight-inch hand, just about seven and seven eight inches. Comparatively, Kenny Pickett's hands is eight and a half inches, which would make him the smallest-handed quarterback in the league. So someone's out there watching him throwing a football this whole time. They're like, yeah, but do you see those hands? He's not going to be able to throw it anymore. What can he even hold with those hands? Can he even jerk off himself properly with those hands? And NFL GMs don't seem to think so. They're questioning if his ability to play. Now, I can throw an NFL football pretty far with my side of the hands. I don't believe it's going to be a problem at all. But that's what they do every year. they got to find something to nitpick. And this year it happens to be Kenny Pickett's hands, which is just ridiculous. Can he hold a fork? Can he eat a French fry? Can he throw a football? He's proved to do all the above. I don't know why, but that's what they do. And especially when it comes to quarterbacks, because quarterbacks have to be the perception of not only being good at their position, but also being the the leader of the team in the sense that guys want to be you and ladies want to flaunt you. Everyone wants to find a Tom Brady and a Joe Burrow, but nobody can be, not all of us can be 6'4", handsome with gigantic hands and a cannon arm. Kenny Pickett's learning the hard way. Welcome to the business that is the NFL and the meat market that is the scouting combine. Don't worry, Kenny. I'm sure your hands are fine. Just uh, get smaller french fries. Only eat six-inch subs. Make your hands look bigger, you know? (laughs) Just eat tater tots and call them french fries when you post them on Instagram. Like, there's plans for this. So now poor old Kenny Pickett, instead of worrying about his draft position, he's at home gripping this thing on Probably gripping a lot of things, just trying to make his hands look more manly, which is a very strange place to start for somebody who's been throwing a football his whole life, taking hits, running touchdowns, but their only complaint is like, but those fingers look a little Vienna to me. I need a little bit more for you. I love it. I love the NFL and the meat market that is the draft. In the meantime, we got the quarterback carousel going on, and to no one's surprise, Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers are the two biggest names. Aaron Rodgers pretty much has carte blanche. Aaron Rodgers could tell the Packers he needs a cart of Gatorade and a brand new Nikes for all of his best friends, and the Packers would pay. He can name his price to stay in Green Bay. That dude can be like, I want a key to the city and to own a half a portion of the team in the stadium, and they'd be like, what else do you need, Aaron? So he's really holding his cards. We're going to see what he's doing. Teams are waiting. But that's the power you have when you're an MVP quarterback. You can get any woman to, to – the team will do anything. Any woman will do anything for you if they're involved with the team. As we've seen with Aaron Rodgers, he's been linked to a couple of them, Olivia Munn, Shailene Woodley, to name a few. But that's the power he has, and hopefully he uses that power of good to win a Super Bowl in Denver. I got you, Aaron. Come to Denver. Do all your weird shit. Don't be vaccinated. Nobody cares. Just win Super Bowls. That's all you have to do, and Aaron Rodgers has proved he can do win at least one. Can he win two? That's the question. It's really leaving his legacy in Mark. You know, he's got the right size hands, but we've shown that that doesn't mean you can win. But we'll hold on to that. And then Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is always on the quarterback carousel. No one wants Kirk Cousins, but his name is always mentioned out there. No one thinks he's a good quarterback, but his value is high. I don't get how this works. This would be like if everybody hated you, 
If everyone hated the sandwich at your restaurant, yet it was the most expensive, highest-selling menu item, but everyone ate it and complained. This is Kirk Cousins. He is the disgusting sandwich of the NFL. Somehow, everyone still wants to take a bite of him. Somehow, he still got value, even though he's proven he can literally do nothing for you. He has the nutritional value in the NFL equivalent of a Taco Bell burrito. That is Kirk Cousins. He's essentially the Taco Bell in the NFL. Everyone wants it, and they're disappointed afterwards, and they don't know why they keep going back, and that's who Kirk Cousins is. But someone's going to pay for him. It's going to be at 2 a.m. in the morning, and they're going to hate themselves when they wake up and they spend the next six hours on the bathroom. But, hey, that's his job, and he's got the quarterback phase. He's got big hands, right? That's what they care about. He's got the big hands, so that must mean something, right? Oh, NFL never change. Moving on, we jump to my favorite league, the association, the NBA, where it's all about swag and high flyers and playing the round ball. I love it. LeBron James. That man is 37 years old, going on 38 years old. He doesn't even jump to contest shots anymore. He doesn't jump at the rim. But, man, can he still ball. He put up a 56-piece last night. 56 against the Warriors. Do you know how bad you got to feel to let a 37-year-old man score 56? This man is talking about playing with his son in the NBA next year. His son, his child that he birthed to play in the same league. That's how long LeBron James has been in the league, and you are letting this man cook you for 56? The Warriors are the second-best team in the West record-wise and second-best team or third-best team in the NBA overall, and you're going to let a Lakers team eight games under 500. And a man that's 37 years old that people are slept on talking about he should be retiring cook you for 56. Quite impressive. That man, that's terrifying. Because LeBron James is going to be in the old folks' home still dunking on the nurses. He's going to be, he's got that Tom Brady gene where they just play forever. Like he he was, I've, that dude, he was probably wearing Chuck Taylors as kids. Now he got a whole shoe line. And his kid's going to have a shoe line. And he's still probably going to be in the league playing. And dropping 50 on the Warriors. Shame on you. Shame on yourselves. Speaking of younger fellas, the young buck, John Morant, the most exciting player to watch in the league right now. This dude is a high-flying, acrobatic, 360 whirling dervish, as the wide announcers say when he goes up. He is a terror, and I love every moment of it. He's cooler than the other side of the pillow, cooler than a polar bear's toenails. From the crossovers to the dunks, John Moran single-handedly in-game dunks are better than any game dunk contest I saw this season. In fact, that's who they should get for the dunk contest is John Moran, but he's too busy winning games, too easy dropping buckets, and my pick for the MVP right now with the ascent that we've seen for the Memphis Grizzlies. They are holding it down for the city of Memphis, going through some tough times. They're the second best thing in Memphis behind Makita's Butter Cookies. R.I.P. Young Dolph. We keep those. If you know, you know. I can't explain it to you, but shout out to John Moran holding it down for Memphis and grit and grind city. Memphis does get a pretty grimy city, but John Moran is the one highlight of that besides Makita's cookie. Shout out to both of them. We've been hearing rumors, inklings, whispers. That Zion Williamson might come back. <laughs> Zion's been out all season. He hasn't played. Last we heard, he had foot surgery and was making progress in November. And that was like four. That was like four months ago. After that, we heard about setbacks. We heard 
weight. We heard rumors that he was coming back into camp at 330 pounds, and it wasn't looking good. He went to Portland. I don't know why anyone would go to Portland of their own free will, but he went to Portland to rehab, which explains why it probably took longer. This is the thing about Zion Williamson. There's a reason why there are no players. There's only one player over in the NBA that weighs more than he does at 285 pounds. That man happens to be seven foot six inch Boban Marjanovic. There's a reason for that. You can't be six six, 330 pounds, and expect to last in the NBA. This man, he's 19 years old. He's still got the the, the stomach of a goat. You know, you gotta you gotta metabolize that. Do something. Somebody needs to get this man some help. Get him back on the court. So where he can play, because 280, it's not cutting it. 330, definitely not cutting it. So maybe he needs to cut back on the cupcakes, and he needs to start working on cutting on that court. Try that, Zion. But I'd love to see him back, because when he plays, he's a baller. Nobody dunks harder. No one is more unstoppable, and the league is better when he's playing. So let's hope that somebody can get in his head, get him in the kitchen properly, Because if this was the NFL meat market and they saw Zion Williamson, they'd be putting him on the offensive line. And that's a terrible place to be for your primary scorer and ball handler. But Pelicans have got some talent. Bring Zion back, tie it all together, and see what that team can do. So we're keeping our eyes on that situation and Zion Williamson coming back. The Golden State Warriors. The Warriors come out and play. And they're like, no way, dude. We don't want this. They've lost four of their last five games. Without Draymond Green, they seem a shell of themselves. And all season I keep hearing, wait till we're whole. Wait till we have Clay back. Wait till we have James Wiseman back. Wait till there's only 20 more games. How long are we waiting? At this point, it's put up a shut-up time. We're getting near playoff times, and the Warriors are not gelling properly. As a favorite to win the NBA Finals for a lot of betters and a lot of analysts, best defense of the league up until recently, it goes to show how much that a guy that offers a triple single per game has to do with this team. Steph Curry, where have you been? The best shooter in the league. Eyes closed, you're shooting 40-foot jump shots, crip walking, you're out here shimmying and shaking. It's great when it wins, but all of a sudden, where's the shimmying? Get back to that. Get back to playing and having some fun. You're out there looking depressed, and your shot's looking more depressed. You know, you need to go get some Prozac for that jumper. Bring it back. Do something, because this is ugly. And the Warriors, y'all were supposed to be the team. Y'all were supposed to be the ones that were winning, and it's gotten ugly out there. Y'all are getting bested by the Lakers, and the Lakers are playing with guys on minimum contracts. Austin Reeves. Austin Reeves played at Oklahoma. Oklahoma doesn't even produce good basketball players. He wasn't even drafted. Y'all are losing to undrafted players blowing leads 20 point leads 15 to the lakers yesterday get it together steve kerr steve kerr's always had the easiest job ever he played with michael jordan he coached kevin durant he coached steph curry this is your time steve kerr show who you are as a coach and uh so far he's not cutting it i don't know if there's going to be a major turnaround but right now it's not looking like they can do any make any noise on the playoffs it's going to be pretty detrimental if it goes forward like this So now we go to my favorite part about the association, the rumors. Because in the NBA, there's a lot of rumors. There's a lot of trash talking. My favorite rumors that have recent uh, surfaced that one of the reasons Kyrie Irving left the Cavs back when he did after winning the championship with LeBron was because LeBron James had, uh, how do we say this, made 
dirty intercourse to a female that he was friendly with, and he was not a fan of it. How can one have so so much? LeBron's got the team on his back. They treat his entourage better. But you got Kyrie's girl? That was the last straw for Kyrie. Now, according, these are just rumors, but they are my favorite kind. Like rumors that we know are true, like Delonte West and LeBron James's mom. And that got Delonte West fired. His life has not been good ever since. In fact, he was seen panhandling outside the streets of Dallas and recently back in a basketball court. So this is what happens when you sleep with LeBron James' mom. So let's hope that that's not what happens to LeBron James for Kyrie. I don't believe Kyrie has that kind of power. And I don't know if it's true, but it is interesting because there's this intersection of hip-hop, basketball specifically, and hip-hop. And uh, the other rumor coming out about LeBron James comes from Pusha T, the same rapper Pusha T that outed Drake about the secret son. According to Pusha T in his lyrics, one of the women that he used to hook up with, LeBron James was now hooking up with, and he was saying he had it first. Whether that's true or not, you can't say, and LeBron can never comment. He's been with his wife since high school, and they're having a happy life and marriage with all the beautiful kids, so I wish them nothing but the best. But, LeBron, whatever you're doing, watch yourself. These rumors are out there, and it only takes one before you end up like Drake, saying, like, I wasn't hiding the world from my kid. I was uh, hiding the kid from the world. Uh, Right, Drake, we're sure you are. That's what you were doing. Right, we believe you, Drake. We believe you. So LeBron, don't end up in that position. You're you're holding it down. LeBron James is the worst thing. If you retire and the worst thing that we can say you did is the decision to go to Miami, that'll be all right. We could live with that, LeBron. You're the last hope for these athletes. James Harden. James Harden is now in Philadelphia. He left Brooklyn unceremoniously. Now, if you don't know who James Harden is, The one thing you need to know about James Harden is James Harden loves the strip club. And I'm not talking about in the way that you love your dog or your mom loves you. James Harden loves the strip club in the way that spending $60,000 to $100,000 per visit is no problem. In fact, when the city of Philadelphia found out James Harden was headed to Philadelphia, the strip club promptly prepared for his arrival finding out his times, and bringing the best of the best to draw his business because they know it means that much to him. In fact, one of the reasons he didn't like Brooklyn was because he thought the strip club game in Brooklyn was weak. Now, we understand and we know from Lou Williams in the past, strip clubs got the best wings. But James Garden's going for more of those thighs and those legs, if you know what I'm talking about. We ain't talking about chicken. But that's the thing about it is a lot of people chide James Harden for this, said he doesn't care about the game. But if going to the strip club and throwing months and throwing that money is what makes you ball out, who are we to judge? Some people do it for the love of the game. Some people do it for the love of the fame and the love of the strippers that come with it. And if that's all it takes to make you ball out, shoot, I'd have a strip club in the locker room. I'd put a strip club in the stadium. I'd be like, James, you don't even have to leave. We bring the strippers to you. After practice, all you got to do is make step back three pointers. Like, if you're going to be investing 40 to 50 million dollars, 40 million dollars a year for one guy, you're going to draw the line at strippers? Shoot, I just have that written into my contract. Strippers provided at every game, every venue on team, buses, planes, and dinners. If that's what it takes to make a guy happy, shoot, throw all the titties in his face. As long as you hit the J's, 
we will throw the hose your ways. And we're not mad about you, James. We're not mad at you, James. That's the thing. All of this gets swept under the rug when you win. When you ball out, you can have all the strippers you want. You can spend all as much time at the club as you want. In Brooklyn, you weren't winning, and it became a problem. You are balling out in, you're balling out in Philly right now, James, so enjoy it while it lasts. Enjoy the chicken wings and enjoy those other things. As long as you win, it makes everything worthwhile, James Harden. So no hate here. Do what you got to do, and we support it. Shout out to James Harden. Shout out to the strippers that he patronizes. A true gentleman of the arts, James Harden, supporting local entrepreneurs. We love it, James. Keep balling. Moving along. UFC 272. Jorge Masvidal, Kobe Covington. <clears throat> they went at it. Apparently, they used to be best friends. They used to be roommates. They used to be teammates, and they had a falling out. And now they're supposedly sworn enemies. It's rare that you see a, champ- a fight that's not a championship bout go five rounds, but this seemed a little bit more personal, but the fight itself was not close. We did not learn anything new. We knew who Kobe Covington was. He's going to put pressure on you. He's going to force you to block his takedown while trying to pick you apart with his hands. And he did exactly that. Masvidal had a couple of moments, but he didn't do enough. All the anger and all the bitterness, because you you get in this environment before fights and everyone's talking trash about how they're going to kill him. And everyone's got a plan until you you get punched in the mouth. Shout out to Mike Tyson for that line. And uh, Jorge Masvidal had a plan, but he kept getting punched in the mouth by Kobe Covington and taken down and wrestled up and choked out. And you talked all that trash and you got beat. But nobody was surprised. That's exactly how that fight was supposed to go. And it went exactly as we thought it was. We didn't learn anything new about Covington. And the only person that Covington's lost to is Kamaru. And Kamaru's the same person that slept Masvidal. Same guy beating them both. The welterweight division goes through Kamaru Usman, and that still has not changed. Who is next for Covington? I mean, you got you to gotta be Poirier. That's who he wants. I think that would be a good fight. And if he's able to win that fight, well, that could change things. But he's going to have to win a couple more fights before he's able to get back onto Kamaru's level, face Kamaru in that ring. And for Masvidal, where do you go from here? You've been beat by Kamaru. You've been beat by Kobe. All you do is talk trash. We got Nate Diaz again. Nate Diaz is too busy smoking weed and loving life to get back into a ring with you. You can't go back to fighting in the streets of Miami. Those days are over. You're 37. Where do you go from here? If I'm Masvidal, last-ditch attempt, fight somebody like Hamzat Chimaev. That dude's name is everywhere. And if you're trying to really get back into it, nobody wants to fight him. You're a top-10 guy with a big name. That might be the fight that you take. See if you can win that fight and kind of get back into the title talks. But uh, there's not really many other options for Jorge Masvidal. And it's looking like his career is going to end with the highlight being the two-piece in the soda. And now he's out here getting the two-piece and soda up, which (laughs) it's a cold world. You were made famous for two-piece and people, and it comes back around. That is life, and that is the fight game. So we're going to be intriguing to see how that plays. The MLB is still in a lockout, and they're going to look into miss opening day. And the crazy part, nobody cares. Major League Baseball, you've been through this lockout before. You guys have enough money to be giving players $400 million contracts. Figure it out. You had a bunch of billionaires in an office on yachts, hiding their money in foreign countries. 
you know, just go, go, go to the Bahamas, go to the Caribbean, bring out a duffel bag, pay some of these, figure this out. Nobody cares about baseball. You guys, it is America's pastime, but you guys are past due to get this right. You guys need to figure this out or baseball will be even less relevant than it already is, which says a lot because it's pretty irrelevant right now. Do better Major League Baseball. Now, a couple of final touching points here before we move on. I don't talk about college sports most of the time because they're kids. You don't want to make fun of these kids. They're out there playing for free, and I don't like the aspect that grown people put their hopes and children on the backs of 18-year-olds. You know how ridiculous that sounds? I do stand-up comic. We don't want to hear an 18-year-old prophesize us about life and tell us their philosophies. So why are you putting all this other advice and pressure on 18-year-olds? Which leads me to Duke UNC. Duke UNC is the largest rivalry in college basketball. In fact, if you're a Duke student and you're trying to go to the game, what you have to do to get tickets to go to the game is camp out in a line. Some kids do it for over 32 days. They camp in this. They call it uh, the Cameron Caseys, and they call it Cameronville. It's just a tent where students camp out for that month to hold their line to get tickets to this game in a lottery form. It is ridiculous. In fact, the games, the tickets for those games, average price over $5,300 to watch 18 and 19-year-olds play basketball for free. And we can't afford to play the players? Okay, I guess you're fooling me with that, but you're not, fool, you're not fooling anybody with that. That's ridiculous. Glad that they got the NIL, but it's still savage that a $4 billion industry selling $5,300 average tickets is talking about Oh, they play for the love of the game, and they're student athletes first. Ain't nobody capping out to, and no one camping out for thirty-two days to see you do English and biology. Like, what are we doing here? Who are you lying to? But that's the NCAA, and that's what I don't. The irony of all this: the fans did all of that to watch Duke lose by thirteen at home in a game that was not as close as that. And nothing makes me happier than watching losing fans cry on TV. So shout out to you Duke fans making great memes, making great faces, and take that L going North Carolina. All righty here. Now, before we wrap up here, it's a crazy time in the world. Uh, you know, the Russia-Ukraine invasion is going on, and you've seen a lot of that in the news. We're not going to talk about that. However... It has affected a lot of the sporting world in different ways. Uh, for example, Abramoff, the owner of the Chelsea Football Club, is looking to sell. In fact, he's, ha he's being forced to sell by the Board of Governors because he is Russian. And he's an oligarch, which is the only way apparently you can have any money in Russia. And so now he's being forced to sell the team. That sale, that team is going to be uh, looking around. It's going to be a couple billion dollars, probably about 2.5 or so doesn't really have a leg to stand on to negotiate because the longer he holds, the like more likely it is that those assets get seized. A couple potential buyers to look out for, the, the club that owns LeBron, that LeBron James is a part of that owns Liverpool. Um, their, their names have been mentioned in talks. It's going to be really interesting. But as we've learned from when Stan Kroenke purchased a European football club, not the best look for American owners. Like, stick to American football. We kick field goals, we like a lot of beer, and we drink hot dogs. Not chanting out in European stadiums and not understanding how the transfer buyout market works. The other part of that is 
Ukrainian athletes have been going back and joining the military. And that's the part that I find crazy. You're talking about uh, Vitaly Lomachenko, the boxer that went over there. He's a great-time boxer, used to be a former champion. Alexander uh, Yusik, he was the uh, beat. Um, he's the, the heavyweight champion right now. He's went back and fought. The, the Klitschko brothers, one's the mayor. They're going back and fighting. And that's crazy to me because I can't imagine the U.S. going to war and LeBron and Tom Brady's like, yeah, dude, I'm about to I'm about to go to the 45th division. I'm about to go out there. Could you imagine Peyton Manning bringing on the Army fatigues? Like, stop it. This is wild. But I guess there's a lot more patriotic pride. But good to see that for them and good for them. I hope they come through and all of this ends peacefully or just at least quickly. So it's just it's interesting to see the different levels that they have of support for different teams and different clubs and so on and so forth. This brings me to my final portion of the evening. My favorite, a random story from the NBA. As a former Denver resident and a current Denver Nuggets fan, Michael Porter Jr., who's been out since November, the back surgery, is may be scheduled to come back in. We'll see if that's the case. But in the meantime, Michael Porter Jr., uh, back when he was uh, not able to play, was in Arizona. And, of course, where do we get these rumors from? Always the Instagram ladies. Fellas, have you not learned anything? Anytime you go find some of these Instagram girls, they are going to put your business out on Instagram, including you, Michael Porter Jr., who allegedly, allegedly had to miss some games due to COVID that he received from partying in promiscuous activities with promiscuous women in Arizona. And the team found out about it and had to keep it on the hush, but multiple players were also involved, and they put their business on blast. So, Michael, I hope you learned your lesson. I hope you get back on the floor, but, man, stop messing with these Instagram hoes. They are going to get you in trouble. That goes for all of you guys. Be careful when you mess with these Instagram hoes. They're going to put your business on blast. But, Michael, I hope you come back, and I hope you bring the Nuggets to the championship, but that's wishful thinking. Guys, we have come to an end. I've been Ben Basunga. This has been The Double Down. Thank you for tuning in. Check us out next week. Peace.